Brackets are open. Welcome, everybody, to the Odd Man Rush podcast. Today, I am again captaining the ship. I am Tater Blint from my isolation station. And from his isolation station is Jared McCabe. Jared, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. How about you, man? Uh, I came home with uh, some scared thoughts. I know today was a draft lottery. So the first thing I want to say is Alexis Lafreniere. Welcome to the Big Apple. I want to be the first to say it out loud. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Uh, if no hockey fans watched today, the draft lottery for every team eliminated was in. Uh, and those teams were the New York Rangers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Edmonton Oilers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Minnesota Wild, the Florida Panthers, and the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, it was a 12.5% chance for each. Each team was in a random drawing. Bettman clearly saw all logos, didn't make sure anything was scuffed. It was all live on air, and the New York Rangers ball was picked. The New York Rangers have officially won the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes, and they will be selecting first overall in the 2020 NHL entry draft. And I, I know that last week I went on a little bit of a tirade in, my, in our um, – Rangers, Rangers post sweep uh, show, and I some of those words I still stick with. I think that that was a horrible performance by that team, but getting Lafreniere to add to that top core is fantastic. I, I am excited to say to see Capo Caco and Alexis Lafreniere actually play together, and I don't know where you put them. I don't know if you put them top top second line. Or you probably maybe even consider putting him first line. Uh, my take on this is number one. Uh, I'm happy that you didn't do a complete 360. I respect that you actually are still disappointed because I felt they could have easily beaten Carolina on their if they played on the top of their game. But obviously, we talked about that. If you guys haven't listened, go back and listen to that instant reaction episode when the Rangers losing because that was just we broke it down beautifully. But for Lafreniere, uh, it's New York, baby. Of course, the New York team gets them. And I said this last night. I'll say it again. Outside of Minnesota, uh, any of the teams that he went to would have been perfect for him because he's not the franchise label. He's not, he's not going to be the face of the franchise where it's going to be a lot of pressure for him to just play first line and just automatically like produce. At least here with New York, I'd honestly keep him second line, manage his minutes, uh, but he's going to be great. But for right now, just manage his minutes, see, just kind of get his feet wet and let him go from there. Play second line and he'll play great. Play with Panarin, man. Like, that, that's scary. So I just keep the first line intact for now. But once he proves that he can play big-time hockey in the NHL and he can figure out defenses and different schemes that they're going to try to stop him with, then I move him up. But for right now, I think that first line should stay intact because they showed you something during the regular season. Put him second line, manage his minutes, play him. Uh, with the second line with Panera, and I think the Rangers would be just fine. And this speeds up your rebuild even more. It's just another big piece to add to that lineup, so I'm sure you're excited about that as well. Of course. Um, and if many of you listening don't know who Alexis Lafreniere is, 
Uh, he was the consensus number one pick since he entered the QMJHL for this year. He was he was looked at as he's going to be the guy. Uh, last year, I'm going to read some of his his stats for 2018 and 19 and 19-20 season. Uh, in the 2018-19 season for the Oceanic of the QMJHL, he played in 61 games. He had 37 goals, 68 assists for 105 points. And in the 2019-20 season, he had 52 games played, 35 goals, 77 assists for 122 for 112 points. Uh, that was the year he was captain. He played for Ramuski for three years since the 17-18 season, and he's a, I easily make the jump to the NHL. He's easily a franchise-altering player, and I've seen good I've seen some good points on Rangers Twitter that with getting Lafreniere, this. Um, takes the spotlight off of Kako in a little bit, it, and it lets Kako develop his own way. It lets Kako breathe a little bit, that he's not looked at as the – he's still the lord and savior of New York. I still love Kako Kako. But with Alexis Lafreniere coming in, you have a new guy who's taking kind of the spotlight – I wouldn't say away, but he's taking the spotlight, putting it on himself, and this gives Kako a chance to, to develop at his own pace, to grow at his own pace, and to become a better player at his own pace. And I, I, and I think that – Getting this pick was fantastic. I I agree with you at Rangers Twitter about the Kako Kako thing because I think that's when you look at Lafreniere's game and you look at Kako's game, they're completely different. Lafreniere, you just look at a franchise altering player. When I look at Kako Kako, he's a good player. He's not great right now, but he could be great, but he's not going to take the world by storm like Lafreniere is going to. So Whoever said that on Rangers Twitter, I, I'm 100% with them because Capo Caco just seemed like a literally a teenager just coming into like this this tough league, and he struggled. But he, he showed that he can play, and I think Lafreniere is going to get here and prove that he can play right away. And I think the ceiling is higher with Lafreniere than Caco is. So all in all, Lafreniere is just going to make Caco better. Playing alongside him on the same line, Agreed. And just taking the spotlight away from him and letting Kako do his own thing. Agreed. And um, and with Kako, I saw a lot of good things coming out of him. I saw early in the season he was kind of a scrawny little teenager. And then when I saw their game against Dallas and their post game, after they had those, that two-goal game, he put on so much muscle. He looks like he's out there to just take names. Every game come in there, hit a body, score a goal, and take their names. He he looks like he's a soul collector now. He he looks like he he grew so much, uh, and I'm happy about that for Kako. And easily, and I and I liked how Kako played in the offs in the in the three game qualifier. He was easily the Rangers' best player. Absolutely. In the regular season, from what I saw, he didn't shoot as much as he could have. He could have shot a lot more. He could have taken the shot a lot more, but he held the puck a lot more. Instantly, I've seen plays when he was playing with the Rangers this offseason. Puck came to him, quickly shot. Puck came to him, quickly shot. Puck came to him, quickly shot. He was letting the puck come off his stick instantly when it came to his stick. And I'm, I'm happy about that because that was one of his flaws when he started playing for the New York Rangers in the, this season. At the end of the day, for me, just getting Lafreniere now just speeds up your rebuild, and now there's no more excuses. It's time. You got you got a franchise guy now alongside Panarin and Zibanejad. It's time to go. It's time. 
Like, yes, they still have major needs to fill, but it's go time now. It's go time. Like, it's go time. And I can't wait to see what David Quinn does with his, with this with this team. Mm-hmm. How he's gonna fix these lines around? Does he keep that top line of Kreider, Zabinajad, and Buchnevich, or does he even consider putting Tackle in the first line with uh, Kreider, or even put Panera and Kreider, Zabinajad, or or Panera and uh, Zabinajad, Tackle second line maybe Lafreniere if Strom stays Strom and Kreider. It, it, it has a lot of possibilities, and this this might mean that one player could be out. And I've seen people saying that Kreider could be out. He just signed into a seven-year deal. I don't think Kreider is out yet. Why would it be out? Who's saying he would be out? <laughs> I've seen I've seen people saying, "Well, we just got this. We just got another left winger. Uh, who do we trade? Because we we're gonna trade somebody." But I, I... <sighs> that's a really interesting question, which we could dissect on a later episode. But uh, who's taking that contract? Like, Kreider's a good player, but I don't yeah. see people. I don't see people jumping out of the woodwork to try to get Kreider on their team. Maybe Tampa because they love uh, former Rangers. Yeah. But that's just a joke. But joke as, aside, like as, pe- as people call them, the New York Lightning or the Tampa Bay Rangers. To be honest, it could be Boston. It could be Boston. They eyed him. They were eyeing him at the trade deadline if they love him that much, maybe. But, yeah. again, they have to pay Pasternak. They got to play, pay other guys. So, obviously, I wouldn't see it happening this offseason. But I think I think you have to keep Kreider if you want to contend. You, you need yeah. Kreider. So. Yeah, I agreed. I agreed. He's that big body up that you don't need to keep. Yeah. And the last thing I want to mention uh, for the around the league before we get into the Stanley Cup uh, bracket challenge is that Longtime analyst and hockey insider Bob McKenzie from TSN from TSN has officially announced his retirement from the hockey world and from hockey and I wouldn't say hockey in general. He announced it from the hockey world. Been an insider for forty years, or he's been in this. He's been in the business for forty years. Bob McKenzie, I when big news broke, I've always seen it come down from him. He's always been my go-to insider. Him and Elliot Friedman. Uh, it's sad to see Bob McKenzie go, but it brings out a lot more possibilities from a lot more insiders. Yeah, it's just it's another, just another great guy that's retiring, but he deserves it. He's been busy, and I remember a quick little story: the year that Stamkos and Hedman resigned, Hedman still had money on still had years left on his rookie contract. But that was the year Stamkos was a free agent. Everyone thought he was going back to Toronto. I'll never forget it. I was getting – I had my – a couple of days before, I had my uh, wisdom teeth taken out, all four of them at one time. So I was just lying in bed, like, hoping, like, refreshing every single time. And who broke it first? Bob McKenzie. Like, it, it was just something I'll, I'll always remember. I, I think he even broke uh, – a couple things for the Rangers. I think he was the first to break the Shattenkirk announcement when he first signed. I think he first broke the Panarin signing. I think he first broke the Truba trade. So those are some big things for the Rangers as well. And for hockey fans, like, we all have our guys in baseball and basketball, like Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN for, for basketball, for football. You got Adam Schefter of ESPN, and you got, like, Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan for baseball from ESPN and Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic and Fox. Like, that's basically what Bob McKenzie is to us hockey fans. Yeah. He's that guy that's going to get the inside scoop 
and he was just great. So props to him, and hopefully we'll see him down the line sometime when we hopefully crack this business one day. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Now all the sappy stuff out of the way, and now all the Alexis Lafreniere stuff out of the way. It's time to announce our bracket. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so what me and Jared did is that we made our own bracket challenge on our own league. By the way, if you want to join before tomorrow's games, the Odd Man Rush uh, bracket challenge. Uh, so we decided to do what we did for the qualifying round, pick our winners, pick how many games. Uh, we only picked games for the first round. And then players, we, players. And then players as well. We have a player through the first round for each team, unless you have that specific team going far, or you want to say that I think that this player is going to be yeah. like helpful every round. So we're going to start in the West. We're going to start in the West first. Uh, so the West matchups are the Vegas Golden Knights, take, the first seed Vegas Golden Knights taking on the eight seed Chicago Blackhawks, the two seed Colorado Avalanche taking on the seven seed Arizona Coyotes, the three seed Dallas Stars taking on the six seed Calgary Flames, and the four seed defending sorry, reigning defending <laughs> undisputed Stanley Cup champions, St. Louis Blues taking on the five-seed Vancouver Canucks. So, we're going to start with you. Okay. We're going we're gonna to start Vegas, Chicago. Who do you have winning? How many games do you have winning? And what player from the winning team, or we'll even say from both teams, if you add one from both teams, okay. do, do you see – producing the most so glad you asked me who i have winning this series <laughs> uh i look at both teams i gave chicago uh i gave them a little life in this series i think vegas is just the far and away better team younger faster but the experience plays in these tournaments in chicago obviously we've talked about this many times they have the experience for all the cups that they've won but at the end of the day i think vegas will win this series I gave respect to Chicago. I have Vegas winning in six. I think they're just too fast. Uh, the way they play the they play the brand of hockey, I think they'll be going back and forth with Chicago, but I think it could be a close series. But I think goaltending is a major plus for Vegas when they have two caliber starters uh, that could go each game. So I like Vegas. Mark Stone and Riley Smith are two players to watch out for. Mark Stone, I'm calling it right now, he'll be next year's captain for Vegas. That's my guess. And Riley Smith, if you watched the year that they went to the cup final, he was right in the middle of it. I think he's going to play big in this series, big in the playoffs. So I have Vegas winning in six games. Gave respect to Chicago just because experience plays, but the younger, faster legs of a talented team like Vegas is going to pull away here. So I have Vegas in six. I want to mention the younger, faster legs. You said the same thing with Edmonton, how we thought they would win. Uh, and this could be another upset. Chicago doesn't have the experience compared to Vegas. Uh, Stanley Cup wins compared to Vegas is one Stanley Cup final appearance. But I agree. I have Vegas, but I have them winning in five games. I just think that Vegas is going to outclass them. I think they're going to outplay them. They're going to out-everything them. Uh, I'm going to give one from each team for each thing i think it's just fair and easy uh from vegas i can i can see mark stone as you mentioned he's the, he's the leader in that locker room everyone looks up to him and he's going to be he's going to be the next captain uh at one point i thought it was going to be march or so i even thought of carlson when he was first brought to the team i even thought uh uh england 
Did I thought Derek England because he's a big guy. He's a big guy in Vegas when he played when he was younger, and I seen I saw him as a leader. But after that Stone trade, he, Mark Stone's easily the, the new captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. But for Chicago, Jonathan Taze. He was, how could you not pick him? <laughs> he was lights. He was lights out in the Edmonton series, and I think he can do the same thing. If Chicago wins, it's going to be on him and Kane. And Crawford. And Crawford. Opinion. And Crawford. Uh, so, I have in five, you have in six. So, the biggest Golden Knights are moving on. So, quickly before we do move on, listen carefully because this year they reseed. So, it's not like whoever's in pair next to you will be your opponent. So, just keep an eye on that. It could, it could start getting a little bit confusing, but we both have Vegas moving on here. So just yes, I was – I was going to mention that that it's for every round moving on, it's going to be the highest seed versus the lowest seed. Mm-hmm. So say if you have Chicago moving on, they're the lowest seed, and they're and say they have uh, Colorado moving on, Colorado would face the uh, second lowest, the the, the 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 lowest seed, since they're the the highest the highest. Colorado Vegas would play if you both have. Vegas and Colorado winning. Vegas would have the lowest remaining seed, and then Colorado would have the second lowest remaining seed. Yes. But speaking of Colorado, we're going to get to the Colorado Avalanche Absolutely. Here. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, so the Colorado Avalanche, the number two seed, will take on the seven seed Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I will make my picks for this one. Uh, I have the Colorado Avalanche winning in six. I, I, I've spoken so much praise about this team. I think this is argued one of the best made teams most likely in this whole cup this whole cup final this team has has it all that has scoring it has hitting it has defense it has offense the goaltending can be a little shaky but which which you lack in goaltending and make up in scoring and you can make up in that fast hitting presence uh i think that colorado has the edge over arizona by a by a lot but i think i'm giving arizona the benefit of the doubt they did take nashville and take nashville down uh, I have Colorado winning in six for this series. And for Colorado, I have uh, Nathan McKinnon. Obviously, it's it's Nathan McKinnon. He's arguably one of the greatest players that we've seen in our uh, time today. And then also Kale McCarr, big goaltender. Not big goaltender, sorry. Big defenseman for that team, the youngest. You mean Cole McCarr? Kale. <laughs> Kale. Um, Side joke. Uh, Kale McCarr, I have also big time defenseman for this team, rookie defenseman, and he's in running for rookie of the year. But for Arizona, uh, Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel. I mean, again, Phil Kessel has that experience. If you can't rely on Phil Kessel, who can you rely on? So for me, I'm lockstep with you. I have Colorado in six. I think Arizona, they had a great first-round qualifying matchup with Nashville where a lot of people were picking Nashville, including myself. But that was really a toss-up series. For me, this one's not really a toss-up series. I think Colorado is by far just the better team. But Colorado is going to have to match their intensity, their forecheck, and they're going to have to match uh, Arizona's toughness. So for my player to watch out for, it's Kadri. And the reason why they traded for Kadri is because of postseason games like this. The only thing you got to make sure is that he plays clean because he's known for being a dirty player, especially in the playoffs, and you could lose him for a couple of games. So you just hope that he can uh, play clean 
and play 400% like he normally does because he'll be the one that will match the intensity of the Arizona Coyotes. All in all, Colorado just has everything else you need in a team right now to make a deep run. And I look at Arizona's team, and I see a good squad, but I don't see a team that's going to fear Colorado. I don't think they have the goaltending. So at the end of the day, I have Colorado in six games. So, I mean, it's fair. Colorado is looked at one of the best teams. We both had them as the number one seed going into this. Yeah. Reseed. Uh, so we're going to come to the three and six seeds. Uh, the three, the third seed, Dallas Stars, who surprised me in the qualifying in the round robin games, uh, take on the six seed Calgary Flames. Now, this one, I'm going to start with this one because it's going to shock you. I think uh, I have Calgary beating Dallas. I have the Calgary Flames beat the Dallas Stars in six games. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I, have the, I have the same pick. <laughs> uh, Calgary, I just think I think they can out I think they can outplay them. They have they have the pesky player in Matt Kachuk who can get under your skin and and force you to make mistakes. They have that that amazing decor in Giordano Anderson Balamaki. They have great goaltending and Cam Talbot who played lights out in the qualifying games. And then you have scoring presence. Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan, Elias Lindholm. I mean, it's it's easy. I, I don't think it's that easy. I think with Dallas, I mean, having Tyler Sagan, Jimmy Ben, Miro Heiskanen, and John Klingberg is good, but it's not great. I think that Calgary's going to outplay them completely. Get under the, I think Calgary's going to do what they do best. Get under their skin. They're gonna get under their skin, and they're gonna make them make mistakes. They're not gonna like watch them make mistakes. They're gonna force them to make mistakes. Chuck's gonna force them to make mistakes. Lucic is gonna force them to make mistakes. And I, I think that Calgary's gonna have this series in the bag. I have the uh, same pick. I was gonna say that my players to watch out for oh, Calgary yeah. is Johnny Gaudreau. Obviously, he's your leading scorer. He's your best, one of your best players that you have on this team. Uh, and I'm gonna say Matthew to Chuck to Chuck as well. I think Chuck. Again, he's their engine. He's their he's, engine. By far. He's like their engine. Spe- he's their their um their pesky player. Brad Marchand. I keep on he, all the pesky players. I compare to Marchand. Yeah, he's like their he's like their Brad Marchand. And I don't like to chuck because I think he's again like a dirty little player. But man, is he good? And the same thing I said with Marchand. Man, I think Marchand's a dirty rat. But man, Mar- <laughs> but man, Marchand's good. I I can't I can't deny the facts that. I may not like him, and I call him a rat, but he's good. Same with the Chuck. Chuck's a pesky little rat, but man, is he good. I, I'm locked up with you, but instead of six, I have it going the, the distance. I have them going seven. Calgary ends up winning. I think that could be like an overtime game. I could really see that happening. Uh, Dallas, they have great offense. They got Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Radulov, and so many other guys, but they can't seem to score and you obviously you need to score to win games, but they're a prolific offense that can't seem to score. So that's really concerning. And I'll, I'll include myself in this. A lot of people slept on Calgary going into the qualifying round because everyone just looked at the Jets with their star-studded roster and said, at the end of the day, we just felt the Jets would win. But Calgary's been slept on. And I think this is a series they could easily handle. Like you said, they're pesky. They're tough. 
I think they can match the intensity of Dallas. The only question mark that I truly have is the goaltending with Calgary because once Ben Bishop can get on track, I think he could steal Dallas some games. So that's why I picked seven. But the reason why I'm going Calgary is because for some reason, Dallas struggles to score, and that's shocking when you have Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan leading the way on offense. Really weird for me. But players yeah. to watch out for for uh, Calgary, I go Cam Talbot and their decor. Obviously, it's because they're going to have to shut down Dallas. They're going to have to make sure that they don't awaken on offense. And that's the only way they're going to win this series because if Dallas finds their groove early in this series in game one, game two, and they find ways to score, I think it could be flip the script and Dallas wins the series. So it's going to be up to Talbot if he starts and especially Calgary's defense to limit Dallas's opportunities at the circle and in, in cover shooting lanes. So uh, I'm going to lock up with you. I have Calgary in seven games. Uh, I forgot to mention my Dallas pick. I think that uh, for Dallas to win, Ben Bishop, easily. You mentioned it. Bishop could steal some games and Sagan. Uh, and now we're going to go to the last seed. Uh, this one has the number four seed, the reigning, defending, undisputed Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues, taking on the five seed, the young guns, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so, Jared, I'll let you start this one. Uh, I got St. Louis. I love Vancouver. I really do. But I think their young, their young players are going to kind of take a, a step back here. Don't overlook St. Louis. I know they had a pretty bad round robin, but I'll say this for all the round robin teams. The Lightning, the Bruins, and the St. Louis Blues, you could even say the Capitals too, they all played like it was an exhibition series. Every single one of their series. So they haven't their head coaches can coach them up because they have not hit their stride yet, any of these teams. So when I look at St. Louis, Boston, Washington, and Tampa, they all have not hit their stride yet. So all their head coaches are going to try to coach them up and get ready. If I'm Vancouver, I'm worried because St. Louis has not figured it out yet. Maybe they don't figure it out, and I'm completely wrong. But I just look at last year, and I look at this roster that's constructed currently – they got experience from top to bottom, what they did last year. And I just think at the end of the day, they're too physical. These youngsters of Vancouver is going to crease any and kind of give up, not give up, but like give in to what St. Louis wants them to do. So I, I give St. Louis six games to win this series. I wouldn't be shocked if it's fewer. Players to look out for, a guy that was big time last year, Braden Shen, Sunderman. He needs to play well. Obviously, you've got Tarasenko. And you got all the other guys, Jordan Binghamton and Nat, Colton Perenko, defenseman, uh, Petrangelo. But you need someone outside of Perron and Tarasenko to really score goals. You've got to have a lot of them. You've, I even want to see Tyler Bozak actually like do what he did last year. If they're going to become uh, repeats, they're going to need Braden Shen and like Tyler Bozak to really take a, a leap forward. So uh, I, like, I like St. Louis in this series, and I got them winning in six. That's fair. I mean, they are the reigning defending undisputed Stanley Cup champions. Uh, but I'm disagreeing with you. On the, this is the first time we're disagreeing here. I have Vancouver going seven. Okay. I don't know what it is about this Vancouver Canucks team. But I look at it, and they just have a chemistry that I'm not seeing with so many teams. If you saw on YouTube, on, on, not on YouTube, on Twitter, the video of JT Miller reading the liner reading the lineup in the locker room and how he was just so pumped up to read it. And he was pumped up 
saying everybody's name, giving everybody a big old hug, not giving them, not giving them a, like dabbing them up and bringing them close, actually complete full-on hugs. You even watch the reactions when they get a goal. Watch how happy Travis Green gets. Watch how happy they get when they just score one goal, not compared to getting the overtime winner. I just, I just see something in this Canucks team. I don't think it's their, their year this year, but they can go far. I have Vancouver beating the St. Louis Blues in seven. I see this series in the distance. This is going to be probably, probably one of the best series that we're watching in the first round. Uh, players from Vancouver, I mean J.T. Miller, Bo Horvat, Besser, Pedersen. I mean, it's your top four guys, obviously. And I expect a lot from Jacob Marsham. But if St. Louis is going to win this series, I expect Tarasenko. I expect Perron, O'Reilly. I expect something out of Dunn, too. Vince Dunn, just be a lockdown defenseman like he was born and bred to be. And Jordan Bennington, obviously. I mean, he led you to a Stanley Cup final last year and went to the Cup. Can he do it again? So, if to give a little recap, uh, our brackets are... I have – we both have Vegas and Calgary moving on to the second round. I have Colorado and Vancouver. Jared has Colorado and St. Louis. And now we're going to jump over to the east. The east bracket looks like the Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Washington – Sorry. <laughs> I just saw I'm so pumped. <laughs> the Washington Capitals and the New York Islanders, and the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. So – we're going to start one and eight. And this time I'm going to give my one and eight and I'm going to give my three and six. We're going to go down the line. So starting off the Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal really shocked me. They really shocked me in that round Robin and that another round Robin in the qualifying games really shocked me. Uh, they played lights out. Carrie price was lights out, but it didn't seem like Pittsburgh even wanted to be there in that series. Uh, and now Philadelphia, on the other hand, Philadelphia just knew that even though this was an exhibition series, they played their hearts out. Philadelphia was just amazing. And it shows in the first overall seed. Uh, first year head coach of this team, Alain Vigneault, coached them amazingly. But uh, to get all out of that, I had the Philadelphia Flyers beating the Montreal Canadiens in five games. I think this one is probably the easiest series you can look at. I, I think that the only way they can really win, the Canadians can win, is if Carey Price steals him a game, even shows him two games. I mean, he did, he did basically steal you the series against Pittsburgh, and he could do the same thing against Philadelphia, but I, I just don't see it against his high-octane offense. I, I, the reason I think they shut down uh, the Penguins more is because the Penguins were a little bit older. They're a little bit slower. The Canadians did have the speed on them. They did have the younger guns, the speed, like Druin, Gallagher, Tatar, Deneau. Just name a few. Uh, but I think that Philadelphia can match their speed to even break it. Players like Travis Konechny, Claude Giroux, Jacob Voracek, Sean Couturier, Ivan Provrov, Shane Gossesbear, Kevin Hayes even. Oscar Lindbaum is back, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, round around him. I see Philadelphia winning in five. I think that for Philadelphia, I want to see Travis Konechny step up, and I want to see Kevin Hayes step up. And you obviously have to look at Kata Hot. Kata <laughs> Hot. 
Gotta look at Kata Hat. Love him. Great goaltender. Gonna be one of the greatest we ever watch. So I have him in five. I have Philadelphia in five. Jared, who do you have? I have the same. I have Philly in five. For me, I look at this game. Uh, Montreal is going to be chippy. They're going to play with. They're going to play free, easy hockey like they have nothing to lose. They're just taking this, this crazy run by storm. Uh, again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if we see some type of Cinderella run with Montreal. But I think their Cinderella run comes to an end here against Philly. I just think Philly's far more superior. I think they'll figure out ways to beat Montreal. But the one thing I do want to touch upon is Philly. Their forwards are known for scoring, but they can lock down opposing offenses. Their offensive wingers, Sean Couture, Selkie, candidates, probably good. he'd get my vote if I had a vote. Uh, he's a player to watch out for me just because he anchors the defensive squad when it comes with the wingers outside the defensemen. He can mat, you can line him up and match him against anyone's top lineup, and he will shut them down by himself. So I just I look at this matchup as a whole. I'll say this: we'll have a we'll have a great goaltending matchup in this series because Price proved something to me against Pittsburgh that he can still fight when the series matters. But at the end of the day, I, I follow them falling short. I gave them a game. I want to be a little nice of what they did to Pittsburgh, so I gave them a game. Again, prove me wrong, Montreal. <laughs> prove me wrong. I really don't care. Just makes another road easier for Boston or Tampa, but. Give us chaos. Uh, but, yeah, give us chaos. That's our motto here. But at the end of the day, I just think Philly will be too much. So, I have Philly winning in five. Um, And I didn't mention the player for Montreal for me. I think Carey Price or Brendan Gallagher. Gallagher, definitely, because he did not score against Pittsburgh. But, so, he, but, but the thing with Gallagher is he was always no, – like, he was always looked at. Like he, like, he didn't score, but he was always one of those guys who got, like, typically started up. Well, I'm, I know I get that, but I just – if you told me last week, oh, Montreal's going to win, but Gallagher's not even going to put a puck in the back of the net, I'd be like, then how'd they win? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Goals you can't you can't get away with stuff like that against Philly. You could against Pittsburgh, but against Philly, that's tough. That's tough You're going to need for. Gallagher to stand up. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the game in the series that you've been looking forward to the most since last year's sweep. Yeah. The best team in the league last year. Losing to the, the worst wild card. Tampa Bay at the number two seed takes on the seven seed Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I'm going to let you take this. I'm just going <laughs> to sit back. And, I'm just going to sit back and listen. I know, you're, I know you're wearing your Stamkos jersey and, and you want the revenge tour to happen. So I'm just going to. So. I look at this matchup, and there's a couple of things when I look at this matchup. Number one, Tampa Bay is the home team. So a, a lot of when you watch the games, a lot of the analysts say there's no home ice advantage. But I do look at it this way, and a lot of people say this as well. They'll have the last change. So if you guys don't know, when there's a delay, when there's a stoppage in play, uh, the home team gets eight seconds. The other team has five seconds. So you can match up. You can figure out your matchups, what lines you want to put out there. So I think that's big time. But I look at this matchup. And this is a completely different matchup from last year. Tampa Bay is going to be down Stamkos and probably Hedman. Uh, John Cooper said later this afternoon, late in the past this, this afternoon, where uh, basically Hedman is wait, wait to be seen what will happen. To me, that means he's not playing. And he's basically already confirmed that Stamkos isn't playing. I'll go to Columbus now. They have a completely different roster 
They lost Panarin, they lost Duchesne, they lost Bobrovsky. But they still have John Tolarella as their coach, and they still play one-man high, preventing odd-man rushes. They are going to watch that tape that they did to Tampa last year, and they're going to watch what they did to Toronto this year as well. Basically the same offense, just Tampa has better depth. So if I'm Columbus, you've got to do what you did to Toronto, and you've got to do what to Tampa, what they did to them last year. You have to get Dubois to play like he did against Toronto. You need your depth to really show in this series because I look from top to bottom, Tampa has a better team than they did last year. So Tampa, they won't admit it, but they've been waiting for this since last year. Once they knew they got eliminated, I'm telling you right now, the way these athletes are wired, they're like, we want them again next year to get our revenge. This series, not a lot of people may like Tampa Bay and Columbus when it comes to like TV markets and stuff, but this is probably the most intriguing matchup because of last year, what last year's implications were. So a couple of players to look out for for Tampa. uh, Braden Point, he's looked fast. He looks great. He's their engine of this team this year. So he's going to really need to step up because there's no Stamkos and and, uh, there's no Hedman. But speaking of no headman, Ryan McDonough, he's going to slide into that number one spot. He's used to being a number one defenseman in this league, and he'll take that spot of what Victor Hedman does. No disrespect to Ryan McDonough, but he's no Victor Hedman. But he's been a top defensive pair before when he was with the New York Rangers. He can take on those minutes and take on that first-line power play as well. So when I put all this together, I just hope that John Cooper knows exactly what he's doing because I'll say this and I'll say it now. If they lose to Columbus again, I'm sorry, I'm firing Cooper. You wow. have you have the tape. You saw the tape last year. You have a better team overall this year. Win this series. If not, they got Galat just chilling on the bookshelf. They got him chilling there and he's a perfect fit for this Tampa team. I'm saying this now because if they lose, I'm not trying to make it recency bias. If they lose this series, I think you have to move on from them. But let's stay happy. I have Tampa winning in six. I think they will exercise their demons. They will beat Columbus. They will finally get that monkey off their back. And then they can finally move on to round two. But this game starts tomorrow. At puck drop starts at 3 p.m. I'm going to be on pins and needles. I'm going to be nervous. But I'm excited. We get Columbus. Game one's going to be gigantic. It's going to be gigantic. You, If you're Tampa Bay, you cannot lose game one, especially the way they lost where they were up 3 nothing in the third period, and then they end up collapsing and losing game one, and the rest is history. So game one is gigantic. If you can win that game, that puts all the pressure on Columbus now. Tampa, let's go, baby. We got this. I'm having them winning six. <laughs> that was a long rant. That was a long one. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, I know you're. I know you're passionate. Just wait till Boston. Just wait till Boston. <laughs> you're passionate. You're passionate. Um, I mean, you took the. I, I really can't say much about this. Tampa looks better. Tampa looks faster. They look stronger than last year. And like you said, they're wired that they know that we just lost to Columbus in a sweep after being the best team in the league. We want revenge. We want it. And they're going to take it, I think. I think Columbus – I think they're going to beat Columbus in six games. Uh, but I can't count Columbus out. I mean, obviously you can't count Columbus out after what happened last year. Uh, for Tampa Bay, point. I mean, obviously I'm going to even say Nikita Kucherov. Absolutely. And another player that comes to mind is Alex Killorn. I think that he's going 
and had they had a love that big pick. step love up. That love that pick. And then for Columbus, if I had a pick him for Columbus, it's got to be Pierre Luc Dubois. It's it got to be. be. Yeah. Or and I've loved him too, Liam Booty. He's he surprised me too. Even Nick Foligno. But the number one guy, Pierre Luc Dubois, when he was picked. I remember so many scoffs. Why'd you pick him at three? That was a terrible pick. You could have had somebody else. You could have had so many other good players. And you picked Pierre-Luc Dubois. Now he's sitting there laughing in their face. And all these Columbus fans saying that Pierre-Luc Dubois was not a good pick. They are praising him now. It's like the same thing with, with Jesperi Kotke Miami. Mm-hmm. How when Kotke Miami was picked, people were like, why'd you pick Kotke Miami? You had you could have gotten somebody else. Could have gotten someone better than Kaki Miami. Nope. It doesn't matter what you think if you're a fan. It matters on what the GMs feel with their players. I said the same thing with Vitelli Kravtsov when they picked him ninth overall. I thought the Rangers would go Wallstrom. They went Kravtsov, and I was upset. And you told me to calm down. Remember that? Because I said he'd be a good player. And I'm looking at him now. He's gonna be a fantastic player. Columbus, they, when, they, when they first saw the pick, Columbus fans like, were so furious. And now they praise Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think that if they're going to win, it's got to be on Dubois. I just want to quickly add this to my mini rant, good rant that I had. For Tampa, they did not make any adjustments last year. They have to be prepared to make adjustments against Columbus's defense in their forecheck. That's the only way they're going to win. They have to adjust. They can't just play dump and chase. They're going to have to create plays through the, uh, through the neutral zone to get into the offensive zone. They just have to make sure they make adjustments. So that's just the last thing I want to say about that. And I can never count out John Tortorella. I can never really count him out because I've known him from being the Rangers coach. But I just see that. I just see Tampa coming out um, with revenge and with vengeance on the mind, revenge tour. And I think they're going to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now we're going to go on to another series that I think is going to be very good. The number three seed Washington Capitals is taking on the number six seed New York Islanders. This series is going to be a chippy, hard-hitting series on both sides. Barry Trotz, for the first time, taking on his new team, his old team in the playoffs. Uh, Barry, again, like you say, Barry Trotz, probably the best coach you've ever seen. And you have players like Barzell matching up with Ovechkin. You have players like Kuznetsov matching up with Lee. Backstrom matching up with Eberle. Pulak matching up with uh, Carlson. And Holtby matching up against Varlamov. This is going to be a very good series, I think. And I've talked bad about Washington in the past, but I think this is their series to win. I think that if Washington's going to make one last run, this is the year to make it, and they can go far. Uh, I have Washington being the New York Islanders in seven games. And, uh, man, it's a tough – it's tough to say because I, I do like how the Islanders are built. And I do like how uh, Trotz has made this team and how he makes adjustments on the fly. He did that with Washington when they won the Stanley Cup. He makes adjustments on the fly. But I think that Washington's going to take the series in seven. Players from Washington to watch out for. Uh, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, and Ovechkin. I know it's the three boring ones. And if you want a non-boring one for me, I'm going to go Ilya Kovalchuk. Interesting. I think that 
this is Kovalchuk's first time being in the NHL playoffs since leaving. Since that, losing the cup. Since <laughs> losing the cup and then leaving and take and then taking his ball and going to the KHL. This is his first time back in the playoffs. He's out to prove something. I think Kovalchuk's too big. I think Kovalchuk's out there to prove something. I think that uh, if they're going to go far, it's not only on those three buys, but it's going to be on uh, Kovalchuk as well. So I have the Washington Capitals beat the New York Islanders in seven games. If I had a pick from, from the Islanders, I'm going to go with uh, Barlamov because obviously you got to have to stand down those slap shots from Ovechkin and shots coming all over the place. Uh, you're going to have to watch out for players Barzell, Lee, Eberle. But one more thing I want to mention about the Islanders is that you know how good this Washington Capitals power play is. You have to limit the penalties you're taking. Have to limit them. They took a lot against the Florida Panthers. Have to limit them. Because if you're going to give the Capitals so many power play chances, the series can be over in five. But I have this series going seven, benefit of the doubt. Say that Tampa, not Tampa, sorry. The Islanders fixed up on the fly. And uh, no, not many power plays compared to how many they have in the Florida series. I'm going to try to keep mine short and sweet to kind of get this show a little bit more faster. But um, I'm same thing. I have Washington seven games, but I view it this way. Make sure Washington has to make sure they score first because I keep on saying this with Carolina, Columbus, and New York. They play from the back end up through their defense. So uh, if they score first, they know how to keep a lead. But I think Washington's offense is too prolific for new for the Islanders. I think they will find ways to get through that defense. Um, I just look at the offensive pieces. Washington's pieces are just far more better than New, new York's, in my opinion. And New York, they played a horrible Florida Panthers team. Like, I can't believe I even picked the Panthers to beat the Islanders after watching this series. But – New York, New York got benefited by a lot of the idiotic plays that penalties that the Panthers took. I don't see Washington making those dumb decisions. They're good. They're more professional. They've been there, done that. I think they know what it takes to win. And I got, I can't believe you didn't even say this. I think now Holpe knowing that he's the full-time starter now with Sansonov being hurt, that's big. Like that's my issue. That's my concern with Vegas. You've got flurry and you got liner. Okay. Like, they're two capable guys of being able to do the job, but one's going to be benched because they have another great one in front of them. So I think Holpe, knowing that this could be his last run slash knowing this is his job, I think that's going to be big for them. Player to watch out for, Tom Wilson. He's He's made for the playoffs. He's their engine. I know I keep on saying that for a lot of teams, but he's their engine. He plays tough. He's made for the playoffs because of the way. He was always used to be known as a hard-hitting guy, but now he plays first line with Ovechkin and Backstrom. What can I say? Ty yeah. Wilson, he's a great player. So I have Washington in seven here, and I, like you said, their power play is big. And just one other thing, I know Carlson, he's finally, he was back at practice today. So maybe that's a good step for Capitals fans because I was talking to my friend James. He's a Capitals fan. We were talking about how Carlson could be back, but not Hedman. So I was kind of disappointed about that. But just having Carlson back there for the Capitals, that's a big plus for them. But yeah, I have Capitals winning in seven. Uh, the last series, one more small rant. And by the way, I want to mention one thing before we continue. We're not going to mention a player every round no uh we're just gonna for the next round we're gonna say 
who we have a small little why, and then continue. So this is the last time we're going to have players for each team, and then a big why. So I know, Jared, that this is a team that you're worried about with yeah. Boston Bruins. So once again, I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah, uh, this one's going to be a little more short and sweeter than uh, Tampa's just because of uh, these guys matched up last year in the Eastern Conference Final, but it was it was Carolina was just a completely different team. They didn't have the decor that they have now. I'll start with Carolina. You can easily get distracted by recency bias of what they did of the dismantling of the New York Rangers. Uh, I think it's fair to say Carolina was just the better team overall, no matter what, even if Rangers were on, like, if it was not the pause or not, I think Carolina probably would have still won the series the way they played. They have a prolific offense, but their defense is what really gets them going. Just always my biggest concern is can Peter Mrazek and James Reimer really take you on a big run? But Carolina, they're a good team. They this Their offense is the matchup where Bruce Cassidy is really going to have to retool his defense. So now the Boston – Normally, it's Charlie McAvoy and Zendaya Chara on the first defensive line. Now, the way how young and fast and energetic Carolina's offense is, you're going to have to put arguably their best defender with McAvoy, Brendan Carlo. Brendan Carlo is going to be the biggest X factor in this series if they want to advance because now you have to stop this prolific offense and you got McAvoy and Carlo taking that a first-line defensive pairing there. A lot of people are looking at Boston, including myself. We're just scratching our heads like, what the hell is going on with Boston? But Boston has experience. They've been there, done that. They're probably the one team that you could say that may have been down through this round robin, but they will find a way to get back up. And they're, they're driven by the perfectionist line. I need to see something there from the perfectionist line from Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak. Easily, Boston has the better depth in this series, but I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm saying Carolina in seven. Players to look for on both sides. Like I said, McAvoy and Brendan Carlo for Boston because they're going to need to be the ones that shut down Carolina's prolific offense, but I think they will struggle doing that. And for Carolina, I got to look out for is Vincent Trocek. I like what I see from him. I'm a big player, Vincent Trocek. Obviously, you got the big three in Carolina with their first line led by Aho, but I think a second line guy like Vincent Trocek could give Boston fits. I hate saying it because I'm a Bruins guy as well, but I got to go Carolina here. I don't know what I'm getting from Boston. Easily, Boston could win this series because they could get back on track and prove everyone wrong. When Normally, when they're down, they get back up, and they're normally a great team. But I'm sorry. I'm nervous about Boston, so I'm going Carolina here at seven. I, I watched this playoff run, this, this little run-robin run for the Boston Bruins, and they just looked awful. They looked like they were lost. They looked like they were on a different planet. They didn't even look like they deserved to be there. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I have Carolina winning in five. I know five's a, a bit of a stretch. I can see it going six, but I said five. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know what I'm expecting from Boston now. You had that terrible round robin series against, you had that terrible round robin games against Tampa, Philadelphia, and Washington. I don't know. I don't know what I'm expecting from you guys anymore. You were in the Stanley Cup finals last year, and now you're the fourth seed. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. And they're going to need Tuca to play well. But like I said, 
with St. Louis, you could say it with Tampa, and you could say it with Washington along with Boston. They all played horrible in their round robin, so they can be pushed to that next level, coached to that next level. So maybe Bruce Cassidy finds a plug, a button to press, and they really take that Boston Bruins leap. But I'll even call it recency bias if you want. I'm fine with that, but I'm going Carolina. But trust me, I will be rooting for Boston hard in this series, but I'm going Uh, Carolina. For Carolina, Svechnikov is my player to watch out for. He dismantled the Rangers. And if, if anyone's going to dismantle the Bruins, it's going to be Svechnikov. Uh, and for the Bruins, I said it in the round-robin games to you, David Pasternak. Where was he in the round-robin games? I don't know. He needs to come up big for the Boston Bruins for them to advance. But that out of the way, uh, Finally, second round. Second round. Uh, to recap our Eastern, we have both the Philadelphia Flyers taking on the Carolina Hurricanes and both the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Washington Capitals. So we're going to go to the West now. We're going to start in the West. We always start West to East. I'm going to let you start with Vegas and Calgary. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. I got Vegas in, what did I say? I said six games. Vegas, they're just, they're great. They're an all-around great team. I think they'll be too much for Calgary. Calgary, they could match up well against Vegas, but Mark Stone and Riley Smith, I just, like I said earlier, I, w- I want to see them play big, and I think they will play big, especially Stone. Uh, March or so is always slept on, but I just like Vegas's top six and just defense altogether. I think they'll outmatch Calgary, and I have them moving on to the conference finals. I disagree completely. Oh, my God. Really? I, I have the Calgary Flames moving on to the conference finals. Interesting. Winning, winning in seven. Winning in seven here. Again, I think the chippiness of Maggie Kachuk and Milan Lucic is going to push them over the edge. I don't know why. I just keep looking at those two guys for chips and for the chippy play. Players watch out for again, Kachuk and Goudreau. And we're going to jump to the uh, second – Second round uh, in second series. Colorado Avalanche and the Vancouver Canucks. Again, keep it short and sweet. Colorado. I keep singing the praises. I, I said it all just recently about them in Arizona. Not much to say again. McKinnon and McCarr. Watch out for those two. I have Colorado winning in six. My matchup, my matchup, if you guys remember, I have Colorado versus number two, Colorado versus number four, St. Louis. I think this goes seven. I think St. Louis could upset Colorado, but I like Colorado's roster. They're young. They can score the puck. Connor McDavid, not Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, Kale McCarr, uh, great defenseman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think they'll get it done. I think they're big guys to watch in this series. They're going to need them to produce, but like I said, don't sleep on Kadri. I like Colorado in this series. So they'll be matching up in Vegas for my Western Conference Final. Uh, I know it's crazy going seeding 1-2, but I just looked at these teams in the round robin. They look disgusting. They look great. But obviously, crazier things have happened. So I could be taking a grand leap here going 1-2. But at the end of the day, I think Vegas and Colorado, for me, really separated themselves from the Western Conference and from the pack. So those are my 1-2 going to the Conference Finals. Uh, I have the two six seeds, as I just mentioned, Calgary and Colorado. So we're going to go to the east. I'm going to start here because I know you have Tampa going in the second. So I'm going to start right here, Philadelphia and Carolina. 
I have Philadelphia again. I don't know what it is. This team just looks so good. This team looks so good. And I've sung it passing the passing the phone. I'm kind of give teasers. Philadelphia looks so good. I don't really know if there's anyone out there who can stop them, but uh, it could happen. But man, I just think Philadelphia is gonna to kind of push through again. I see them winning in six. This this uh, this series could also go seven, but I really do seeing it six. I see a lot of this series going six. I have Carolina. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I have them That's... going back to the conference final. Okay. Okay. This if is du- I. If wow. Doug, if Dougie Hamilton is healthy and ready to go, that just adds another big piece to that defense core. Out of all the teams here, I think Carolina matches up perfectly against Philly. Perfectly, especially if Dougie Hamilton is there. They play from the back up. Their offense is just so underrated. They are fast. They're young. They're hungry. They made it to the conference final last year, and I think they'll do it again. This series goes seven, and Sebastian Ajo wins it for them in overtime in game seven. Wow. You're just, you're just calling it all out. Carol, bro, Carolina, there's just – Again, it could be recency bias, but their offense is so young, fast, and they're going to be intact for the next decade. I'm their not de- sleeping on Philadelphia, though. I can't. Their defense is great. And again, I have one, two in the Western Conference. So I'm like, let me have a little bit of ca- chaos, <laughs> chaos here in the Eastern Conference. So why not? So I have Carolina beating the number one seed Philadelphia Flyers and going back to the conference final. I went with chaos in the West, so I, don't, I really don't need chaos in this one. <laughs> uh, I really have much to say else. Let's just jump to Tampa, Washington. Tampa, I have them beating Washington in six games. Uh, back and forth game, but at the end of the day, I just think Tampa Bay gets it done. I have them matching up against Carolina, Battle of the Atlantic, in the conference final. Uh, I disagree. So this is the first series that we actually fully disagree on. I have Washington winning in seven. This is so funny because you tried to tell me how Washington was so bad early on and now yeah. all of a sudden no. you're... No, no again, but... this isn't because you didn't pick Tampa. I'm just saying this is so funny. No. I And it's weird. I don't... And I said before that I, don't, I like this Washington Capitals team, but I, can, I just see so many flaws. But then I say, with how weird this run, how weird... This conference, this not the conference, this championship, the Stanley Cup finals and the Stanley Cup championship round can play out. This is Washington's chance. This is their last chance. They're going to match up against the high seed. They like playing the good teams. They like playing the good teams. That is true. They like, they like playing the good teams. And that's why I think Washington's going to take it. They love feeding off against these teams who are – these top seeds, these chippy teams, these high-scoring teams, because they know they can match fight for fight, goal for goal, pass for pass, play for play, save for save, shot for shot. They can do it all. And that's why I have Washington this series. No, I think I, it goes seven. I see it. I see it. And by the way, I just want to correct myself. Carolina's from the Metro, so I think <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I, hey, hey, I call out my mistakes, okay? I call out my mistakes, okay? Just, just like our Cole McCarr debate. You know what? Enough out of you.
All right, so our recap, by conference final is number one, Vegas versus number two, Colorado, and number five, Carolina versus number two, Tampa. Caden, what's yours again? Mine is number six, Calgary, and number two, Colorado, and number one, Philadelphia, and number three, Washington. All right. Now, Jared, would you like to take the East or the West? I'll do the East. All right. I have shocker. I have Tampa winning in seven against Carolina. I think this is a beauty matchup with the offenses. I truly think if they get past Columbus and they get past Washington, I, I think they just they, – they know that they can feel it and they're going to get past Carolina. Their defense is tough, but at the end of the day, they could get Hedman and Stamkos back at this point or maybe earlier. But I – Tampa's too good, man. I, a lot of people are sleeping on them because everyone thinks they're going to get swept again. But I have my bolts in the in the Stanley Cup final. You can call me a homer all you want, <laughs> but I have them in the in the Cup final. And now for everything I just said about Washington, playing a team like Philadelphia, I I I've seen Elaine Vigneault teams play Washington, and I've seen them beat Washington and chippy games. New York Rangers beating them in seven and a comeback. I've seen them play chippy games. This is Elaine Vigneault's first year. I've seen him coach fantastic teams in first years. I think that Philadelphia takes it out and they go to the Stanley Cup Finals for the, okay. first, for the first time since 2011, I think it was. Yeah, against Chicago. Yeah, so I think that Philadelphia returns to the Stanley Cup Final. I don't know what it is. I, I know I just spoke praise about Washington. How I love playing these good teams, but I just think Philadelphia has it in for them. I think Philadelphia can play faster. They can play, again, more chip. They have like a lot more like chip on their shoulders. They have a lot more everything more than Washington. I'm sorry. I love Ove- I want to see Ovechkin win too, but he's already got his cup. People, some people say they want to see Kovalchuk win another one. No, just I think Philadelphia's in for this one. We're going to jump to the West now. We're going to just we're gonna just take a plane over to Scotiabank <laughs> Arena. Take a plane. Over. Oh, actually, never mind. Because I forgot to mention that the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final will all take place in uh, Rogers, Rogers Arena, not Scotiabank. Scotiabank. Actually, if we're all going to – if we're going to correct our mistakes, it's Rogers Place. Rogers right. Place, okay? For the people in the back, it's Rogers Place. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't want another Cole McCarr incident. Yeah, exactly. I'll start. I got – my matchup's Vegas versus Colorado. I got Colorado going up against Tampa Bay. Uh, Colorado winning in seven. This is just – this is a hockey fan's dream, Vegas versus Colorado. Nathan McKinnon and then boys going up against Mark Stone in Vegas. I think it could be a historic series, but I give the edge to Colorado, and I have them matched up against my Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think I said I had Philadelphia. I had Philadelphia winning in seven. Uh, Colorado versus Calgary. That's a match that could be seen. That's going to be a great match that could be seen if it ever happens. Colorado, I have moving on to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since the early 90s, I think, when they were first brought over to, to Colorado uh, after being the Quebec Nordiques. Uh, Colorado, I, I keep saying the phrases of Colorado. They have it all. They have it all. They don't have the goaltending. But everything else they have, great defense, great goal scorers, everything. I think they can shut down Kachuk. I think they can shut down Lucic. And they're going to move on to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, if we recap everything, my Stanley Cup Final is the Colorado Avalanche and the Philadelphia Flyers. 
Jared's Stanley Cup final is the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. So, we've made it to the last thing of, this, of, tonight, of tonight's show, of tonight's episode 14. I have. Oh, hold on, roll, please. Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup over the Philadelphia Flyers in six games. Again, I keep singing the praises of Colorado. And, like and, I mentioned, Philly. and Philly. And Philly. And like I said, I've seen a Lynn Vigneault teams, and they always collapse in the Stanley Cup finals. We did it against we did it against the Kings. Rangers did it against the Kings. When Vigneault was in Vancouver, they did it against the Bruins. So, I just see Calgary. Not Calgary. Colorado. I looked, I looked quick and I saw Calgary. It was just in the mind. I see Colorado just knocking him out and winning the Stanley Cup for the first time since the early 90s. I can't, I can't pick the date off the top of my head. I think it was 2001. I think it's 2001. Yeah, I, I think it's 2001. Well, I'm, I may be wrong. And Wait, wait, wait. Who's the Conn Smythe winner? I was just about to get to that. I was just about to get to that. Nathan McKinnon. Yes! I want Nathan, Nathan, McK- Nathan McKinnon. He's, he's going to lead this team. He's going he's gonna to lead this team in everything. I think it's going to be McKinnon. And if I had to pick a second, it's going to be Rantanen. I, I, and, I, and I know Landis Hogg is the captain, but I'm just going to go with Rantanen because Rantanen is your prolific goal scorer. He's your goal scorer on that team. M- uh, McKinnon is your playmaker on that team. And Landis Hogg is your hitter on that team. I think it's Rantanen. If it's if it's not McKinnon, it's gonna be Rantanen. Seven games for all the marbles. Colorado versus Tampa Bay. I got Tampa Bay winning. Shocker! Uh, I will say this. Back in January, this was my Cup final. I watched them play. I forget what month it was. I think it was January to begin the new year. These two teams. It was, I believe, it was an overtime game, and Tampa Bay won in overtime. Stephen Stamkos was big this series. They play the same type type brand of hockey, fast pace. They want to dump, dump and chase, get into the neutral zone, and really put on pressure there. Um, I don't know. I just I like Tampa this year, but without Victor Hedman, I don't know. But I'm second to my gut. I've been going Tampa, so I'm going Tampa. My con Smythe winner is Tyler Johnson. I think he's going to play big time. I think he is the X factor for the Tampa Bay Lightning because people don't realize he just passed Vinny LeCavier for uh, most points in Tampa Bay history, playoff history. And I think he is going to do a lot of that. I think he's going to play big, especially with Stamkos out. They need him to move up a line. So I like Tyler Johnson winning the con Smythe. Or it could be Braden Point. But I'll go Tyler Johnson to go outside the box. And for the brackets, you need to enter a total score in the Stanley Cup final series total. So I just did a big number, round big number. I went 45. Tampa Bay, bringing the cup back to the Bay. They I are ha- my Stanley Cup champions. Uh, I didn't mention mine. I have uh, 30 goals scored in the Stanley Cup final. So there you have it. Our brackets have been unveiled. Little long, little long episode. A little long, but, little long, but, but we you know broke what? it down for you guys. We broke it down, and so, we're excited. We're excited. 
We thank you all for listening to, to, to tonight's episode. Before you do continue, I just want to say this. If there's big, like, series upsets or, like, Tampa or Boston has a big series or just, say, Vegas or something, we will have instant reaction uh, episodes for you guys if we feel it's big time. If not, enjoy the playoffs. We'll enjoy it as well. We're really excited. But if there's a big time thing that we really want to talk about, we will br- drop an episode for you guys of a decent reaction show. Just an example, say if Montreal or Chicago upsets the number one seed. Exactly. And most likely what we're going to do is we're going to recap uh, once the second round is about to start, probably the day before. We'll do the exact same thing we're doing here a day before. We're going to recap everything and go from there. So, we thank you all for listening once again to the Odd Man Rush podcast, episode 14. 13? 14. 14. 14. 14. <laughs> again, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're banging these out. Uh, episode 14, as always, from my isolation station in my Mika's Advantage Ad jersey, I'm Caden Berlin. And from his isolation station in his Steven Samkos jersey, it's Jared McCabe. And to find us on Twitter, you can follow the Odd Man Rush at, at the underscore Odd Man Rush podcast underscore to find Jared. Jared, your Twitter handle, your Twitter handle is? It's at Jared M24 underscore. And you can find me at Lint underscore Kate. So we thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Sorry about the long episode. We wanted to break it down. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you hopefully.